Hello, people. You're welcome to Deep Dive Conversations. I'm your host, Kojo. Um, before I introduce my guest, I would like you guys to follow me on social media, which is Instagram, i.am.kojo. I am Kojo. And also follow my Spotify and Apple podcast, Kojo on the Pod. So, without further ado, can you please introduce yourself to us? Uh, damn, we, we, we're going right into it. Okay, um, my name is Charles Cironete, originally from Ghana. Um, currently living in Shanghai, China. I've been living here for the past uh, eight years, I think. Um, profession-wise, I'm a software engineer. I'm also a startup founder and a avid creative, you can say. I don't know if that's like a good enough introduction for you. That's good. That's good. Um, so why China? Why China? Why not UK? Why not UK? America? Why not? Why China, bro? Yo, we're diving like straight into the deep questions, yeah? <laughs> okay. Um, so I think the, the constant thing was that I wanted to study outside of Ghana. So that was the requirement for me. Um, as, as like many of our age mates around the time had the same idea. Everyone wanted to study outside the country. I had a few friends that were studying in China. I had a few business opportunities that I was actively investing in in China whilst I was in high school. So when it came to the time to apply for college, I did apply to some uh, universities in the U.S. I applied to some in Ghana and I applied some in China. Um, I got into a few of them in the U.S., but if I, I didn't get as much scholarship as I wanted. So those ones quickly, like, you know, dwindled as options um and i also got into a couple of colleges in ghana and in china as well but like i said the main goal was to study outside of ghana at all costs so i don't know why we had that mindset but anyways um yeah uh, i got into a few schools in china and yeah i just i just ran with it i didn't want to wait uh any longer so i just i just ran with it that's good um before we continue like by any chance do you do you mind telling us how you know like the host? How do you know me? How do you how do we? How... I like the way you're referring to yourself in the third person. <laughs> how do you know the host? Um, so you and I go quite quite far back. We both studied in the same elementary and junior high school. Um, I think we actually got to know each other whilst in junior high school, even though we were in the same school for maybe six to nine years, I guess. Um, we only got to know each other in junior high school because we happened to be classmates um, in, in junior high school. And I think even after that, we were not really that close up until the time that I think you had moved to the US um, and I was in China. And I think just knowing that we, we both knew someone who was outside of their home country living in like a strange place it kind of like brought us together in a way and i think that's where like we started like connecting and talking a lot more so i think i think that's how the origin story goes yeah that's true that's true um so as you said china like how has life been as an immigrant because for me coming to the u.s i came as an immigrant which is like eight years ago and life hasn't been easy it was a bit rocky here and there i mean i will not say it's too smooth either but I want to know from your from your perspective, how is life as an immigrant in China look like? Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if the term immigrant applies to 
most foreigners that live in China because you're not necessarily immigrating, you're just visiting in some ways. So there is a very, there's always like a time clock on your stay in China with your whole visa process and the whole residency process. So we are just temporary vis residents. Uh, that, that's the term used to describe us. We're just temporary residents. And we have to renew our visas every year. Some people get uh, the chance to do it every two years instead. Um, so I don't know if immigrants the term, but anyway, I understand the, the sentiment behind the question. Um, I think it's been quite an interesting journey for sure. It's been very eye-opening um, and it's been, it's been eventful to say the least. I've been able to live through different experiences having first started out as a student, um, living in one city and then moving on to join the workforce uh, a few years later in a different, more international city. I've been privileged enough to experience quite different dynamics of living in China. Um, you take the stereotypical ideas of a black man living in China, like, like oh, there might be some elements of racism or ignorance. I've experienced some of that. Um, but you also take the thrill of living in China, in Shanghai, such a bustling city. Um, and everything that you can imagine, like a huge bustling city will be, I've been able to experience that as well whilst living in Shanghai. So I think uh, to quantify or to qualify what my experience has been in China, it has been everything from awesome to terrifying to um, just uncertain. Okay, so which is quite interesting because for me, um, it was a bit difficult. I mean, to be honest, like with the culture shock and everything, and as you said, dealing with racism and also trying to identify yourself, you know, it was it was quite hard. You know, again, trying to adapt to new environments is really a difficulty. Like they don't teach you how to do it; you just learn, you know, as you go. So it's quite interesting how you you able to you know navigate through that process and saying it was like awesome to, I mean thrilling and everything and that's interesting i want to understand like was there any barrier in terms of language because of course coming from ghana you know we never we, we never taught chinese or spanish or anything i mean of course some schools had the, the privilege to teach us um teach them like some spanish and some italian whatever but coming to china yeah. did you have any experience in speaking chinese or how was it like language barrier <laughs> Um, no, I had I had absolutely zero experience with the language. I, I had never spoken a word of Chinese in my life. I could even count in Chinese. Um, but China is quite surprising, as in like you find um, you find that people speak more English than you imagine they do. Mm. Um, so it wasn't as daunting, and also coming into an international university, it was a little bit easier because students have a higher um, exposure to western culture and to english so the day-to-day -day experience was okay uh, i did have to study and learn to speak chinese to better integrate and better like navigate the space um but it wasn't as daunting because i was lucky enough to be in a city that was quite international i think at the time guangzhou which is the city that i lived in was the third most international city in china so there was a huge population of international expats there was a huge population of africans and Ghanaians also trading here so it was relatively easy to find people to speak english to or 
even to go to the extent of say speak tree to and speak pigeon to because you'd find quite a decent amount of Ghanaians and nigerians living here as well um from an academic standpoint my program was in english so there wasn't the pressure to to speak chinese for school um so it was a it was a rather on the chill and relaxed side um and like i said it was an international university so there are obviously people from all over the world so it wasn't as difficult to kind of like assimilate but as the years go on and you travel more around china you start to realize the need for it um luckily the program i was offering had modules where you had to learn chinese like as a second language so i did i was able to pick up my chinese skills so somewhere around two to three years down the line i was able to speak somewhat fluently and it made it all the while like easier to live here as well hopefully before the end of this podcast you show me a few chinese you know would you me wenty me wenty what did you say what does that mean <laughs> i got it means uh no problem you wenty you wenty is that what it is did i say you're right may wenty may wenty may wenty is that yes, it exactly spot on spot on okay. may wenty <laughs> all right so let's get the elephant out of the room and i know of course um this is something that broke the world into pieces and i know you know where i'm heading with this one so when you heard about the coronavirus like pandemic when it happened of course there were speculations that it happened in china and then people you know traveled around the world and just started spreading the virus to certain places how true is that i mean of course you being in china i'm pretty sure you had most of the information than those who were in other areas of the world so how true is the fact that the virus was was in china and it just had a spread into the world damn i mean um I mean, I don't think there's a doubt that, you know, Ground Zero was Wuhan or that's where, like, the the biggest impact started from. Um, being, like, a, a foreigner in China, you are still exposed to the same foreign media that is, like, the rest of the world, BBC, CNN, the YouTube channels and everything. So, um, I, I, I held the same perspective as most people around the world that, you know, Ground Zero was Wuhan. Um, in terms of the experience here, it was, I lived in Shanghai, a, a good four or five hours by bullet train, uh, from Wuhan. So it wasn't really like a direct impact. It didn't feel real at the time, uh, that it first like broke out. I think it was only until, um, somewhere around February or March of 2020 that like things had finally caught up in the other cities and the more strict measures started kicking in in shanghai and other cities so obviously things kicked off in late 2019 to early january 2000 uh 2020 in wuhan and everything that you can imagine happened like there was a huge lockdown the city was like shut down people couldn't leave the city and all the things that we heard were and have been televised or were true like people couldn't really leave the city but moved to shanghai or guangzhou the experience was rather different um people were not as bothered by it it was something that we just heard on the news um up until somewhere on february where the the entire government decided to take a more national approach or measure to like t putting things uh, under control so that's when we had the stay-at-home policies kick in place um only essential services were running 
you were advised to stay at home. There was no imposed, like, there was no imposed restrictions on everyone. It was like a collective decision to just, you know, there's something new. We don't have no idea about it. Just let's listen to what the experts are saying and just like, um, try to get by. So it was, there was nothing imposed at the time. It was just, we advised you to stay at home and then, yeah, we, we stayed, we stayed at home. So, um, I think Shanghai was in that tricky situation for a good three to four months where we were not going to the office anymore. Um, only essential staff were going to work uh, and things like that. Uh, but we had access to everything that you needed. You had access to like online deliveries and grocery deliveries. So it wasn't too bad at the time. Um, and then obviously things spread and you know Italy was next and the US and all that kind of stuff. You know, and we, we, know, we know how that ends. So I remember like <clears throat> reaching out to you, like, you know, on WhatsApp, FaceTime, like, hey, Charlie, how's it going? You know, how are you feeling? What's, how are you dealing with this virus? Because it was really, 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 you know, a, a big, big, you know, thing going on. So, I mean, your response yeah. right now listening, I'm like, all right, you're able to deal with it. But I wanted to know, like, what, did you have any fears? Like when, when you heard, did you have any like fears? Like, oh, you were just like, no, moved because hey you know it's just a virus yeah i think being far from like ground zero helped a lot so um i wouldn't say we were scared at least not for me if it felt it didn't feel that serious at the time um we still had access to services we still had you know internet was active everything was fine the only difference was that we had to like we're we're uh, encouraged to stay at home and, and just protect ourselves and wear masks check our temperatures every now and again um i i i feel like the media probably played into that those like general fears and the unknown so you probably heard worse things than i did in china but from someone who was living in Shanghai at the time, it didn't feel all the way too bad, um, if I'm being honest. Man, I had, like, crazy stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure you guys was like, I don't know if you had, like, those aunties and uncles, grandmas sending you, like, those, like, messages on WhatsApp. Oh, yeah. Oh, do this, take this, take that, oh, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, yo, you guys don't know nothing about you. Are you guys a CDC yeah. now? Like, what's going on? You know? But I mean, for me, yeah, the, trust me. The misinformation was crazy. It was. The, the misinformation it was, was crazy, bro. Like, trust me, it was crazy. I, I like. Yeah. I I just. I think it's crazy, bro. It's crazy, bro. Go I, on. I think it was a com. It was a combination of like general health, healthcare practices, like stock up on your vitamins, like um, you know, eat more veggies. The, the main objective was to. Because we didn't have any cures or vaccinations at the time, the main directive was for you to increase your immune system's ability to fight off um, any ailments. Um, so that was the North Star. And then out of that, everyone just like started taking their own things like, oh, you know, you should eat uh, X amount of this and, you know, all those um, crazy things that we saw circulating around social media. But I think it all stemmed out of like the core thing, which is, you know, take care of yourself. That's true. I mean, there's so many things that I learned through this process. Cause of, I mean, of course, how often do you wipe your? How often do you wipe your desk? How often do you wipe your 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 doorknob? How often do you clean your you know your desk? Like, you know, how often do you like 
you know take vitamin d how often do you like certain things i was like hey this is really interesting in terms of i mean of course hygiene wise of course i'm i'm very hygienic you know but this was extreme like at some point every morning i will come go downstairs eat breakfast and make sure i take vitamin d like i have to take it like it was like a routine yeah you know but on a normal basis yeah it wasn't like that until this was like okay you gotta take it because if you don't take it yeah yeah this was gonna happen so i'm like all right a few things changed a few things changed for sure like general health practices and cleanliness like yeah like you said like washing your your vegetables from the grocery store yeah um or soaking them up and and you know wiping everything down with alcohol wipes and everything became a new part of the new normal and it still is today yeah um in in most places so yeah i mean it was it's interesting it's very interesting i mean when it comes to the pandemic too people started working out a lot i don't know about you but i I remember reaching out to you trying to (laughs) see how because i mean i'm pretty sure there were a lot of like people just eating and just getting obese and getting whatever because they had nothing to do just stay home watch tv you know and whatever so i wanted to know how was your yeah. lifestyle like living at home was it just like sleep eats and then relax or what like what was it how was how was your lifestyle during that period of the pandemic i think the biggest change was that i i i was more mindful about like what was going on so i work in tech so i i i, I work remotely most of the time anyways before the pandemic uh, and my lifestyle pre-pandemic was quite shitty, if I'm being honest. Um, it was just, you know, work all the time, you know, grab a bite from, from a grocery store downstairs or like from a fast food joint downstairs. But when the pandemic hit, I became a bit more mindful about like my cooking. And I, I think I, I definitely cooked a lot more during the first pandemic, the first like uh, lockdowns than anything else i think that was the biggest like shift in terms of working out i haven't been one that to work out that much unfortunately i know i know that didn't change too much (laughs) um which i'm actually trying to work on actually i'm I'm trying to like be be very more mindful about about like health and working out but anyway um i think the biggest change was like my my cooking I, i cooked a lot more back back then that's good that's good um all right, so we're going to switch it up a little bit. I think it was a bit... I won't say it was a bit gruesome, but let's just switch it up a little bit. What are your thoughts Lighten on... the pace a little bit. I'm just switching up the conversation a little bit because I think we had a very gruesome, yeah, sure. you know, sad sort of... Enough you know, about COVID, I know. So I'm, I'm bringing <laughs> some spicy into the situation, you know. Um, in terms of cooking, you know, okay. like, yeah, cooking is spicy, you know, if, if you catch my, my drift. But yeah, um okay what are your thoughts on long distance relationship like what do you think about long distance because you be in china and then maybe you find your loved one <laughs> somewhere in ghana or u.s or something how how do you because of course yeah yeah back, back back to pandemic right i mean of course there are a lot of dating apps here and there and people were trying to connect to i mean on instagram and clubhouse and that thing trying to just get someone to just you know love you dabby whatever so just to just <laughs> a little bit dabby. yeah <laughs> is that what the kids are calling these days <laughs> i guess um just to drip the conversation like how do you think like connecting pandemic to long distance relationship to like you know how do you f- what are your thoughts on long distance relationship um so in the context of the pandemic i think most people got into long distance relationships out of circumstance because you know you're locked down and you can't really go see your your partner who might even live in the same city as you um i think i think it 
I think it's it really depends. Um, okay. There is a lot that will go into the success of a relationship, and, and not one answer can fit them all. But I think um, usually people have said this over and over again. It's like about communication, right? Being able to freely communicate with your partner what your needs are at a given time and being able to listen to your partner, um, especially if it's like a first time going long distance. I, I used to hold the belief that if you start out a relationship and immediately have like be put into a long distance situation, it would not work out. Um, but I really do think it depends on the couple. Like people are people. We're not cut out from the same cloth. So unfortunately the answer is like it really depends um do i think it works yes for some people Mm, um mm, mm. and for some others it does not so the biggest thing is to be able to know yourself and know like what works for you and what does not work for you right Mm. because i do i think people people are quite quick to answer like oh yes i can do it Mm -hmm. but um, as an individual, you should be able to identify or you should be able to try to learn about yourself enough to know that you maybe demand a lot more intimacy or a lot more physical presence to be able to deal with a long distance relationship, right? Or if you have a shorter attention span or you are easily distracted, I don't know if you're like suffering from anything like uh, um uh, stressful situations or past traumatic experiences it can all affect the way that you interact with people so some people need a more on it mm-hmm. like kind of relationship so mm-hmm. i want to be able to see my partner so i think the biggest thing is to be able to know what works for you and and the only way you can do that is just by living life and, and discovering and learning right hmm. it's interesting because um, speaking of Clubhouse, right? I, I'm pretty sure you've heard of Clubhouse. It was like a, a move during the yeah. pandemic, and there were a lot of people like trying to, you know, chat with people around the world because they were like bored, didn't have anybody around. I mean, it was just yeah. crazy. So, like, the results of long distance relationship through the pandemic was was it was quite a thing. It was quite a thing, and I, I mean, as you said. People like to discover more of themselves in a sense because they don't know how to, you know, be without their partner and stuff like that. Some people are clingy. Some are just like, leave me alone. Some people are like, okay, I want to be around my partner all the time, you know, X, Y, Z. So yeah. I mean, it's just interesting to to hear your, your thoughts on long distance. It's not easy though. It's not easy, but it's, I mean, it's doable in my opinion. I think it's doable, but it requires a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of communication and i mean bro it's it's i tried it i tried yeah, it like, but bro it wasn't okay it wasn't it wasn't a joke what happened it wasn't a joke is it your current relationship or the one before this one i mean my current relationship was a long distance i want to i mean okay it's she's three hours away from me there's still a distance i won't say it's a long distance but still a distance right okay but like You're in the same time zone, yeah, yeah 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 that helped you in the same um cd um sorry the same state yeah. but different city you know but like yeah the fact that you are going through a hard time and you want someone around you you know it's just it's just good to i'm not i'm not a clingy person i'm not i'm not clingy <laughs> i just like to help you people sound around. like it it's not bad i mean hey, i'm not saying i'm not saying it's i'm not saying it's i'm not saying it's bad or it's good i'm just saying i just i just 
prefer once in a while you're around here you're around me whatever you know yeah. you're just chilling whatever have a good time i enjoy quality time with people I, I like to have quality time you know so that's my thing like you know but it was not all the time you know like all the time but once in a while you're here cool you know so i mean it's just interesting how we we are breaking down this this conversation on a long distance relationship but if you're out here i mean go on, go so on, go on. one 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 other thought that i have is that like no one is in a relationship for for it for the sake of like being a long distance relationship right mm-hmm. most people find themselves in that situation out of uh out of circumstance right mm-hmm. so work just being uh li- meeting someone on a trip and then going back to the city you came from or whatever reason that you might find yourself in, in a long distance relationship i don't think that is the goal for most relationships anyway um i i, I stand corrected but i i don't personally think that's the, the goal um so usually like if you're in a long distance relationship or you find yourself being a long distance relationship there's always like a reasoning behind why you're you're there right so it's mm-hmm. not like a, a destination it's more like it's part of the journey and most of these situations you find that you know both people are actively trying to get to a point where they're together so there is always that wanting to have that human connection because that's what relationships are made of right it's the human connection yeah, yeah connection um, yeah. and you can't you can't really synthesize that over the phone or over text all the time as you get older you realize that you know that that is an important part of like any relationship so i feel like most people end up in long distance relationships out of circumstance and not by choice per se Ooh, say that again say that again say that last part again i like that last part say it again more most people end up in long distance relationship not by choice but but by circumstance wow wow that's deep all right so speaking oh, of relationship also, man, you know this this is go not on. this is go on. this is not news <laughs> this is not news this is, like you know this i mean i mean hey i mean love is a choice sure love is a choice it's no it's not but anyway i don't want to get too deeper into that but we're going to get that to in 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 a second so yeah well, sure it, sure um before we continue please don't forget to subscribe to my um spotify and apple podcast is kojo on the pod and also follow me on instagram i.am.kojo before we end this conversation Cyril is going to give his instagram page so you can also follow him and also follow his works as well so continuing with relationship this is a this is a deep question i want you to be very honest i know you, i know you're a very honest and genuine person but I want you to. We are going deep on this one. This is deep, deep. This is the deep dive. This is a deep dive <laughs> I'm conversation. Afraid, man. Love. I'm afraid. Don't push it too hard. Okay. I have to be PC. Oh, you be good. So relationship. <laughs> no, don't worry. Go for it. Relationship. Go for it. No matter the type of relationship, just any form of relationship, love and trust. Which one do you prioritize the most in your life, personally? Love and trust. Which one do you prioritize the most, and why? We're going, we're going we're going deep we're going deep charles we're going deep give it all give it all bro i, I would i would say trust okay um because it's the foundation of everything like it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be all there but within any kind of relationships you should be able to have that desire to trust and that willingness to put yourself out there i'm a very strong believer of like putting your heart on the sleeve regardless of whether you might get hurt or not um and i think meaningful relationships are formed out of 
the willingness to you know actually trust the other person um mm. be it friendship or romantic relationships there there is an element of trust and i think any kind of relationship needs to have that element of trust in order to be successful so so you be it trusting mm-hmm. trusting yourself trusting yourself with the other person or trusting the other person with yourself like it's 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 both a thing of your individual person and the partner in in that that relationship so hmm, this is interesting charles but i'm gonna go a bit deeper um you you so you know you know you know that trust is earned right you you earn so much yes, trust yes 100 right so yes if you meet your partner or before you meet your partner like do you want to build the trust first or you want to build the love first? So I I think like they they're they're not mutually exclusive. I think hmm. both of those things You think happen. so? You think so? 100 100%. Like I think I don't think like love and trust are these independent items that like they get ticked off a list, right? I think over the course of a relationship, love increases and fluctuates. Love um, gets reaffirmed and reassured. Trust grows. Trust dwindles. Trust, and 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 they both also complement each other. Like at a point where trust might have dwindled, the love will be the 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 boat that moves the relationship back to where it was in terms of trust. And um, like. When one person feels like there's love getting diminished, there is that trust that can help move the relationship or the love back to that playing field. So I, I don't necessarily think that they're mutually exclusive. And also, I can just be saying complete trash. Who am I to say? But um, personally, I think I think both of these things are spectrums. I think they never are constant throughout the relationship. We're human. We make mistakes, um, and people will lose trust in us. I, for one, have made a lot of mistakes in professional relationships and personal relationships, but I'm able to one acknowledge and rectify and try to make amends and also get back to a point where the person can be comfortable enough to trust me again. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I don't think it's like a constant line throughout the relationship. I think they fluctuate and sometimes they complement and work with each other so is it fair to say that you can love multiple times but trust once because for me once i put my trust in something or someone it's just for one time once you just lose my trust that's it i mean again you can try to gain it you can try to gain the trust back by doing xyz but it won't be like yeah. it won't be like before. But you can always show well, the see, person love at any time. Like I mean, love is as you said, it diminishes, see, it grows. You know, it's, it fluctuates, whatever. But trust is like you know. So I want to understand: is it fair to say that? No, I I disagree. I think I think you can trust as many times as you want. Hmm. Um, I think it's a matter of. Per- it's a personal thing. It's it's a it's a nature thing. It's a growth thing. Like I feel like our parents and our grandparents. If if there's anything that I know now is that no relationship is perfect. No marriage is perfect. Every marriage has so many trials and tribulations, and 
so many times we see trust lost and trust like earned again so i don't necessarily think that trust is a one-time thing and when you break it it's over i think it's the intent behind it that matters um because we are human and we can't make mistakes i mean it's in the bible <laughs> i mean i mean i'm not saying that i mean it's broken broken like you can fix I'll say it one thing. i'll say one thing sorry to cut you off you sorry can... to cut you off i'll say one thing i'll say that it's the thing of the person because it's a choice you're making not to trust the person anymore and that choice may come out of a place of hurt it might come out of a place of like fear right to have your heart broken again or to have your trust uh to have like you to be let down again it, it, it might come from a place of fear but it can also be in a way that like you decide that hey i'm i'm i see you i see that you 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 made a mistake and you like are apologetic about it and you really want like what we have so there shouldn't be any reason why i withhold the trust from you again after i've seen that right hmm this one this one charles i mean i mean again we agree to disagree because i mean if it comes to trust no, let's, let's I, dive into this Let, i mean let's dive into this because 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 me because so, me yeah i can love i can love anybody at any time hypothetical I can love. Is it what? Let me put a hypothetical. Okay, go on, go on, go on. Let me put a hypothetical. Go on, go on, go on. Our parents. Our parents have made so many mistakes in their lives, right? Uh huh. Um, you've heard stories of parents, you know, being irresponsible with money. We've heard stories of parents like not, um, not always putting your best interest at heart, right? Mm-hmm. If your mom, who you love so much, right, mm-hmm. made a mistake. And introduced you to this land broker that sold some land to you, right? And you all of a sudden find yourself out of not trusting her anymore, right? Are you trying to tell me that there is no way that your mom can, you can trust your mom again? So with that one, right? My parents, I mean, I love my parents, but to be told... I don't think, I mean, I can trust and lose their trust at any time. They can trust me and I can, like, I can lose their trust at any time. But lovely, I will love them, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know, like, they can, as you said, with the hypothetical example about, you know, your parents giving you the opportunity to buy a land, whatever, and then da-da-da-da-da. It could be that they, in, in their best interest, they want you to acquire the land, but on the flip side, they're doing it for their own gain. And what if things don't work out the way it has to work out because you put your, your, your trust in them, right? And they they they, yeah. they betrayed your trust. So you're going to be hurt in that sense, right? But you still love them at the end of the day. Like, you still love them as your parents. But once they hurt, they hurt just, you, it's hard for you to get back that trust. It's hard. Like, I mean, for me, it's hard. But it's not impossible. Like, I, just, I just feel like it's, it's a very like what's the word i'm looking for it's like it's final to say that once your trust is broken it can never be replaced or repaired i, I think that's a very cruel no, world no 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 that no. was the case i'm saying it can it can be repaired but not yeah. before not like before because if i'm trusting with my money and then you broke my trust and now when i when i'm talking about money i'm very careful around you 
I mean, of course, I'll give you the money, but I'm careful because of what you did in the past. If that makes sense, because okay, yeah. So I I'll always be reminded of what you did to me with the money situation. The next time I'm okay. I'm like okay, but I mean again, you can still do X Y Z to try and gain my trust, but it won't be like before. Like if before it was a hundred percent, now it's like maybe seventy percent. You can get the eighty hundred percent in total. You can get it, but not all. If that makes sense. That 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 that's why I feel like it's the intent behind it, because I I see it as like every situation will call for a different reaction. Like these are lessons that you learn to protect yourself, right? Yeah, I think it's the thing absolutely, like, absolutely. You don't want to be hurt again. Yeah, which is fair, but I I just don't feel like it's black or white. That's that's my opinion. I don't think it's black and white. Oh, yeah, of course. It's not black and white. Of course, that's why there's a gray area. Black and white makes gray. So I'm sure like, you know, some people, as you said, will trust multiple times. Some will trust a single time. And then that's it. I was speaking to a friend of mine on Clubhouse and he was like, oh, for him, he can love multiple times. He doesn't care whether you hate him or not. He can love you multiple times. But once you lose his trust, that's it. Like, period. Like, he's, he's done with you. I mean... He can be civil with you, hi, hello, whatever. But the fact that he's going to get like trust you with his money, trust you with his words, trust you with his kids, or whatever the case is, but that's, 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 that's different. That's only until that's only until the roles are reversed, right? Put yourself in again, like this, this can all be it can just be like, okay, this person really doesn't have my intentions in heart and they really like want to yeah uh, yeah my downfall they, they really yeah. yeah sure that those those situations will call for a different reaction but I, I i believe that like um in in a lot of other situations if you reverse the situation there is some reasoning and some compassion that you can attach to the intent behind it so they didn't mean to like betray your trust or they fell weak or they fell short right so i don't think those are grounds to say that okay i can never trust you again i just feel like never is such a strong word and until the roles are reversed where like you make a mistake and you break someone's trust and again like we, we we've lost so many people like in our lives through friendships and everything and you don't really realize like why you lost it but it could have been that you did something and you were a villain in their story, right? And they broke your trust, but you just don't know about it, right? So these stories happen every day. But until the roles are reversed and, like, you are the one in that situation where, oh, actually, I did fuck up. I didn't mean to, like... And, and okay, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Go on. Um, when I was uh, trying to transition into tech, um, I started out doing design, right? So I knew one of the things that I needed to do was to be very active about working on projects, right? So I got in, I got connected to this um, guy called Amadou uh, who ran this tech program in, in Ghana in the US and he was like uh, making it possible for contractors to get gigs. And at this stage, I was still very design heavy, um, but I, there was so much I hadn't discovered about myself about like, um, about ADHD and about pressure and about like, um, like feeling overwhelmed or managing time and all these like life lessons that you learn across the way, right? I was given an opportunity and I broke his trust because I wasn't able to deliver that, right? Mm-hmm. I am I am nowhere near that person that I was five years or ten years ago, 
there has been so much discovery and evolution about myself, about my mental health, about my ability to cope and ability to grow, that it is just unfair to still hold that same sentiment that she held 10 years ago because I betrayed her trust, right? Mm -hmm. It was not deliberate. It was, it was out of like, you know, me not knowing myself well enough, but Mm -hmm. it did happen, right? Yeah. And very easily that, that relationship gets written off, but who knows what could come out of that relationship today. Um, so I think be having been in that situation where like I have, you know, caused a situation where like I broke the person's trust and being able to reflect back on that instance now to say, okay, I actually didn't know enough about myself to be able to like really manage those things. I, I would feel bad if I was never given a chance just because of that. Okay. Okay. I I get your scenario. I do get your scenario. It's quite it's quite a again, it's not like a right or wrong answer to our submissions because how you might view it is not how some of my view it. You understand? So one hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. At the end of the day, everyone makes their own choices for themselves and everyone will look out for their best interests. Very so true. Very, if very true. The person whose trust I betrayed says, Hey, I'm never going to put myself in this situation again, so I'm never going to trust you again. It's their choice. I just feel like, me personally, I wear my heart on my sleeve a lot more and I'm more forgiven than the next person. So if you did take advantage of me, I we'll look for the intents behind it and I will give you a second chance. I will, you know, I will so, give you my trust again. So how many, easily. how many chances can you give? Not many. <laughs> so that means, so that means, I don't so, think... so meaning, so you're limited to the chances you give to someone you trust. Cause if, for example, you and I, I we trust each other from the beginning. So hundred percent, hundred percent, and I betrayed your trust. Yep. And I explained to you my intentions why I betrayed your trust. And you're like, all right, cool, I get it. All right. Then you're like, all right, cool, let's go back to what it, what, what was before. And then I did it again. And I explained to you a different way of how I betrayed your trust. And you're like, all right, cool. At some point, you're gonna give up. Am I wrong? At some point, for, you are. For the purpose of argument, no, no, you're not wrong. I just have a problem with the whole idea of just cutting someone out because they made mistakes. That that's my main problem. I think I think mm. having having lived the life that I've lived, um, I think growth is, is something that everyone is capable of. And I just like to hold the idea that the next person deserves every chance of growth that I did. But obviously, obviously if someone is doing the same thing over and over again, you can't keep giving, putting the person in that situation, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's a. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah. guess sure. From Bro. from that pers- from that perspective, you yeah. have a point. Obviously, you have a point. Yeah, like. But I just it's hard, I, bro. I just don't like the idea of like that being the default. So okay, because I was scarred once, I'm never gonna trust you again. That that's the part that I'm not 100 percent. No. Okay with. Oh no. My thing is, again, you can trust the person, but it won't be like before. Like the privileges that you are given the person prior to him or him or her 
betraying your trust, it won't be as before. I mean, you can again, you can still right. you can still build that trust, but it won't be over the top. Like it won't be like before that. Oh, I trust you with my car, so just take my car. But now I give you something. I'm like, this guy can just mess up my car. Like I should be very careful around him with my car, or my money, or my my documents, or something, because it happened to him before. I mean, you can still right. try to say to yourself, "Oh, I trust this guy because he's a good person." X, Y, Z. But as you said, you can give him chances to, you know, grow and be better. But if the person is not willing to do that growth, at what expense? Yeah. At what expense? Exactly. Yep. I I I see. You I see your point. I see your point. You know. So I guess I sometimes I guess, I guess a few things that there. I guess a few things there. There are some situations where like maybe like when there's like material value attached to it it's different i don't know i i just oh i just think that everyone deserves deserves a few chances to so it depends on it depends on what value you put on the trust is that what it is like if it's material if it is people if it is um whatever like it depends on what kind of trust i don't know hmm, i really don't know interesting. it depends it depends on on how you're feeling as a person i guess interesting interesting i mean okay so, I know you are very, um, I don't know how to even put it, like you're listening to the news. I don't know how often you listen to the news, but there's this, this, there's this um, thing going on and it's literally breaking a lot of barriers, but I want to get your thoughts on it. What is your thoughts on the Roe v. Wade law that was passed by the Supreme Court in the U.S.? I mean... I, I think, right. Yeah. What is your What is your Yeah. I, yeah, I, I can't say that I haven't heard it because it's been in the news. It's, it's been in conversation everywhere. Yeah. I think. Hmm. I think it shouldn't have been repealed. I think people should have a right to do what they want with their bodies. I agree. Um. I am also very sympathetic to more mature life. So I do think that a kid that is like six months pregnant shouldn't be aborted, for example. But at the same time, I know that that is not the case with the actual situation of abortion. I know that there are limitations to statutes on how far along you can be to 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 have uh, the procedure. Um, I just strongly believe that you know we shouldn't be dictating what how people should live their lives. I think. In the context of the U.S., it's an infringement of your fundamental human rights. So, what if this law was also passed in China? How would you see that? Do you think they'll also take it as we are taking it over here? Or you think there'll be like a demonstration? There'll be like some sort of... Well, like in China? Yeah, in China. Like if they cancel abortions in China? Yeah. Well, things work a bit differently here. <laughs> Tell me about it. There is, there is very little. There is very little. Well, the the political systems are different. Like China runs a communist system with the central party. Um, they, I, I honestly don't know too much into details about it, so I might misspeak. But I think that, um, you know, they have their central party. They have their politics that happens within the central party. Um, but at the end of the day. It's the central party that's making the decisions for the rest of the people, um, for the common good of the people. Okay. So the tradition has been the laws are passed and you just live with it. You don't really 
have lots of opportunities to protest. I think the the consensus is that you have a body that is looking out for the best interest of the people at the time. Um, and so far as those that best interest still holds true, people will be happy because, you know, food is being put on their tables um, and, you know, they have opportunity and everything. But of course, it, it that system will always bring about some level of infringements, right? Because it, not everyone has, has an opinion, not everyone has a say. So it works in some cases, in some cases it doesn't, just like democracy, just like any other like mm-hmm. um, economic system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms specifically of the, the, the law that just got repealed in the US, if something similar was, was to happen here, I think people wouldn't necessarily protest. There might be a little protest here and there, but I don't think it will hold on for very long because the once once the Chinese government has their eyes set on a goal, they, they follow through. Mm. They they rarely ever step down from, you know, their their stance. Okay. I mean, listen, I've been yeah. on certain platforms and talking about this this topic, I truly believe that this law should have been passed in the first place because as you said everyone and their bodies what they want to do with their bodies like you can't tell me what not to do with my body it's my body and we have the choices to make whether good or bad so like for uh, for them to pass this thing hmm i don't know i don't know the agenda they're trying to they're trying to bring to the state or to I the think- country but it's just ridiculous I think I think for me the thing about the US and its its governance is just a hypocrisy about everything, right? Yeah, like Yeah. It's yeah. it's just all like showmanship and, and mm. you know, everyone has their agenda and all and all that kind of, and it's the same thing about like politics in Ghana, like it's everyone has the ulterior motives and everyone will do and say what they want. Like the reason if if let's say every Republican Mm-hmm. got up and had a change of heart mm-hmm. the, the the scene of the republican party will change so much right mm-hmm. the only reason that the republican party has as much power as they do is because of the amount of people that will lend their ears and subscribe to the same like train of thoughts right so yeah. um i think everyone will do everyone will have the beliefs that they have just to you know rally up as, as much votes as they want to mm-hmm. and I, I know that there's this a very common saying it's like i don't necessarily like subscribe to what you say but you're the better option and mm. you know yeah I, I just think there's a lot of showmanship and hypocrisy attached to a lot of politics in the world so it's unfortunate but that's a lot Hey, yeah, of course, the whole world. Not, yeah, nothing is perfect. Like no, 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 nothing. No political system is perfect. So. Yep, yep. You're right. You're really right. You're really right. Yeah, but, but also at the same time, I'll always say that I, I have very little understanding or knowledge about politics and economics. So, you know, who am I to speak? But again, the information is out there, so it's up to us to like upskill and be more informed. But at the same time, do you have the time to do that? Right. Because you're you're thinking about, you know, survival and and you know, wealth and all the the things that you aspire to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, I saw this post on I don't know what it was shared room or something. A lady was explaining this law that was passed, and just to summarize, I mean, she said that a lot of things, you know, and then she said that abortion is is murder. Um. So biblically speaking. 
or from a religious perspective do you agree with what she said based of what we are saying in terms of it being a choice to either have the baby or not you know do you think abortions <laughs> is murder according to the bible or according to religious perspective i don't know i'm not a theologist <laughs> sorry <laughs> I, I don't know like i i don't think i've studied the, the, the which religion first of all which, which religion are we talking about christian christianity that, i don't know that shall not kill and that shall not kill you know the ten the ten commandments by moses to the people of israel that shall not kill that shall not commit murder you know so she was trying to say that if you abort the baby you are literally killing the baby and that is murder but i mean yeah yeah look i think i think I mean, hey, it's a very sensitive conversation. Very, very sensitive. And I mean, not even I mean, that. Not that's not that's not why I'm like taking a beat. I'm taking a beat because I was, I was gonna say that like, it it's very ignorant to 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 say that we live in a in a world that is filled with religious preachings, right? Mm-hmm. We don't live in that world, like mm-hmm. like in as much as it sucks like we live in a world where like survival and like day-to-day happens and people commit evils and people go through shit so someone who's raped today and and has this terrible terribly terribly traumatic experience um and like immediately after they say hey there's a baby inside of me and i I don't want to keep it because of the traumatic experience that i've been put through it's up to them like at the same time who are you to judge like leave that to god right if if yep yep that's true yeah who, who are we to judge mm-hmm. so i mean yeah, i think i think the thing go on go on the, the debate there is about enabling it right the, the debate there is about providing systems and because people always do this like it's, abortion is not going to go away because of the the of what happened recently yeah right i mean companies so. like companies like netflix and disney and stuff like that are flying people to go get an abortion so it's not stopping anytime soon even even if all the abortion clinics were eliminated off the face of the earth abortions will still happen it will still happen yep it will still happen right Mm. but also i go back to the hypocrisy around all of these things oh it is it is hypocrisy Um, hypocrisy like how to speak yeah you're right you're right yeah 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 it's all very hypocritical so very very so um switching up again um talking about health how important is mental health to you and to uh, oh man people around you because people are going through as you mentioned like ptsd and hdhd and a lot of stuff and i think mental health became very very prominent recently trust me i mean something is there but it's like you know everyone's like oh i'm going through a mental health situation i'm not you know so how do you see mental health is it important is it not important what's your take on it 
I think I think it is 100% super important. It is as important as physical health. It is even more important in some situations than physical health. I think it's something that has always existed, but people haven't been able to put a name to it. In so many parts of the world, people still can't put a name to it, and we see what impact that has on, on those societies. Um, so I think it is super important to be able to put a name to these experiences that people have and to not be stigmatized for addressing them and dealing with them. Um, I, for one, I'm a very strong advocate for therapy, even though I have not you know, seen a therapist, but it's something that I do 100% want to do very soon and talk about some of the trauma that we went through as kids um, growing up in Ghana and like living those experiences. Unfortunately, like being from Ghana, like it's, it's still not in a place where people speak very openly about it, even though people go through so much every day. I have friends here that don't think it's a thing because growing up we are we are we're taught to believe that you know you can you can it's not important and you can just like push through and shove it in the back of your head and not think about it but it results in people being broken and people hurting other people out of that hurt so I think it is 100% super important and I'll always have a conversation about it with my friends and say hey some of the things that you're dealing with today when it comes to like let, let's take something not even stigmatized let's take something like being called dumb as a kid or like being put in a system where um, the education doesn't adapt itself to the students that it's trying to impart knowledge into so you end up with a society where half the people can't understand and comprehend very little things because they have not been taught to do so right like the education system in, in most African countries and in Ghana especially is geared towards a specific kind of people it's not very exploratory it's not very um, it's not teaching you how to like learn per se and I know it's changing like little by little but there's a whole there's like many generations of people that lived through this experience and are not able to understand why they can't grasp knowledge and they can't advance in their careers and they can't you know pass certification exams they don't understand why right and it yeah. goes back to like the kind the kind of like experiences you had growing up and you never be able to like identify these things if you don't talk about it and if you don't have like if you don't like prioritize it right like i know our parents generation there are people that excel mm -hmm. there are people that do better than others mm -hmm. you have families where some kids excel more than the others and you know the automatic thing is that oh wabon or you're like you're yeah. dumb or like you can't understand understand yeah. like yeah. simple things but the, the true thing is that that person might have been struggling from some kind of mental health issue or some comprehension issue that prevented them from being able to understand and grow and they take these things with them in their careers and it just like trickles down to the system so um hmm. yeah i think i think it's super important yeah it is it is i was gonna ask like do you think most people saying that oh i'm going to a mental health is it's an excuse to just like be be left um i don't even know how to put it because most of these athletes and stuff like that i'm pretty sure you've seen osaka um other people coming out say oh i'm going to a mental health da 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 you know so they didn't partake in certain olympic um competitions and stuff like that 
So when you see that or when you hear that, do you think it's an excuse or you think it's like genuine coming from a genuine place that they're really going to because honestly speaking um you can ask somebody hey how are you doing i'm good you know but if you really ask them how you're doing they'll tell you they're going through a lot of shit like of course everyone everyone goes through shit like let's be honest right but it's like for someone to be open and tell you how they really feeling you know it's like i'm just say i'm good and just let it slide because you can't take it in you know so I want to know yeah. if you think nowadays mental health, you think it's an excuse or you think it's coming from a genuine place because you can't really tell. I think, I think there's nothing in this world that will be, that will not be exploited. <laughs> very true. Um, very true. I think <laughs> very, very true. I think, I, I think you never know if someone is really going through it or is just saying that they're going through it just to get time off work. Um, but I think that shouldn't be the reason why it shouldn't be made available, right? Mm-hmm. People have been been saying taking sick days when they're not sick for mm-hmm. since the beginning of like work. So yep. how is that any different from someone saying they're they're, they're having a mental health day yep. when they just want to like take a break or like yep. just like not work? Yep. So that shouldn't be part of the argument. I think I think that should never even come up in conversation because people have done it for days people always exploit systems um but at the end of the day you never really know if the person is actually you know going through it or not and i think that's what makes it a bit harder as well is because it's not a physical thing you can't show physical evidence of like you having a mental day or like you having a men- like a mental breakdown at least not yet but we know like i for one deal with it so many times where like i i work i work and then i just can't function anymore and I, I I can be productive in some occasions, but in other occasions I just can't function. I can't do anything anymore, and I can't show you other than me not doing the work, right? So yeah. if I came to you and say, "Hey, I need to take a mental day to go like reset," you wouldn't be able to know. But you can force me to work, and if my output isn't isn't there, you can't hold it against me. But that won't happen. So we should provide the avenues where people can actually take mental days and. And you know, take care of their mental health as well. So I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the name of the Good Morning Britain show. There's this guy, I, I'm pretty sure you know him. I think he he left the place. Can you remind Can you remind me his name? Um, what oh, show? Good Morning Britain, the TV show. This controversial guy. Oh, oh um, Piers Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan, right? So yeah, I think yeah, Piers Morgan. I think I was listening to this um, podcast, the CEO, right, by Stephen, and then he asked him a question about mental health versus mental illness, because it's like the mm-hmm. the way we are speaking about mental health, people are trying to most people confuse mental illness with mental health. So it's like if yeah, that's true. if you're going through like schizophrenia or something, I don't know if I, if I said it right schizophrenia i was making yes yes schizophrenia or something that's a mental illness right but it's like anyone who's going through anxiety whatever the case is you know it's like oh i'm going through mental health you know unless it's been diagnosed as a mental illness let's you know let's stop saying oh mental health mental mental health but let's be truly diagnosed to know that the difference between 
mental health and mental illness. What do you have to say about that? Because him, he was just speaking about. It. I was like, that's quite interesting. So I think, I think that there are two different things, right? One of them is, is it's like more about knowledge and awareness and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. taking regular breaks. So it's like taking care of yourself. I, I equated to taking care of yourself. Yeah. I equated to needing to go to the gym or needing to rest take, more to sleep. Yeah. Yep. Need to rest more. Right. I equated to that. Um, there's two things. One of them is knowing, being able to identify what's happening to you. And the second is being able to take action. So mm-hmm. when you find yourself panting and out of breath, um, you're easily able to identify that you're out of breath and mm-hmm. you need to drink some water. You need to like take some electrolytes into your rest, right? Mm-hmm. So that physical health awareness, knowing mm-hmm. the kind of things that like happen to your body mm-hmm. and knowing what to do with it is one aspect. And I equate that to knowing when you're getting burnt out or knowing when, being able to identify when you're feeling depressed or feeling like, like panic attacks or like having like anxiety attacks not to say these things can't be diagnosed but they can because some people are have a higher susceptibility to having like anxiety attacks and and equate that to having high blood pressure as like a diagnosis right so i think the what mental health is more about the practice of knowing your your mental flatline or your mental base point and being able to detect and know when you need to take a break and you need to reset and you need to like, you know, um, reorient yourself. And of course the mental illness is like the diagnosed stuff, right? You know, you have, mm-hmm. and also just like physical medicine, these, this is an evolving field where like new and new things get labeled. Right. So the reason why an Ill- illness is because there's a certain patterns that once they're ticked, you're able to say, okay, this is what's wrong with you, right? And you're able to diagnose it. And in some cases, there are treatments for it. So mm-hmm. I think, yes, having a mental illness is just the fact that we're able to identify the same patterns across multiple amounts of people mm-hmm. and we're able to put a name to it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think there are two di- different things, right? Yeah. And yeah, I don't I think either one of them should have any stigma behind it. No. It doesn't make you less of a person if you suffer from ADHD or schizophrenia. It just means that you're born with a different set of cards and you just need to have tools and tools to be able to like cope and adapt to those situations. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Sorry. Um, so the podcast was, as I said earlier, The Diary of a CEO by Stephen Bartlett. The Diary of a CEO by Stephen Bartlett. Um, you can listen to it um, on your Apple Podcast or Spotify, and um, you can listen to the response specifically by Piers Morgan. It was quite interesting, very, very, very interesting. He said a lot of good stuff. I know he's a very con. I know you like him. I mean, I, I think you introduced me to him. You <laughs> like him. He's very controversial. He's very entertaining. Very, very controversial person, and he. I mean, he asks very good questions too, you know. But we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, get, yeah. That. So you can go check it out. Um, before we le- before we end this thing, I want to ask one more question. How do you deal with yeah. how do you deal with adversity, Charles? How do you deal with adversity? Hmm. What kind of adversity? There's so many different kinds of adversity. Or just hard times in general. Just hard times. Like when you're broke. Um, like when you are going through a difficulty and finding a job, or you know. 
just just hard time like just in general like how do you deal with it bro i i should say i've been quite privileged to come from a middle class family and i i do have siblings and family that are able to support if case i do find myself in that situation i would also say that the more generalized hardships that people go through like not having enough money and not being able to pay for essential things i have not personally experienced it as much of course um, during my college days, I was getting a stipend from home, which is really nice because you couldn't really work in China. Um, so I had to like rely on like money from family. Um, but obviously that money was not always enough. Um, and because I had that comfortable base to lean into, I was able to stand on top of that and you know, try to make some more money for myself. So because I didn't have to worry about the essentials, um, because I wasn't able to worry, I didn't need to worry about the essentials. I was able to like make time and space um, to like, I was able to like create more opportunity for myself. So in terms of like financial stability, um, I had an upper hand being able to come from a family that could take care of me in China. Um, I was also able to monetize some of the skills that I had and build a finan- like a, a bigger financial cushion for myself. Um, in terms of work and not being able to find a job, I, I, I have faced some adversities because again, being black in China, not every door is open for you and you have to like go through so many like trials to be able to like overcome some of those adversities. I, I think one of the things that helped me out was being able to have people that I could look up to and ask questions about. So I, I had mentorship um, and I was able to rely quite heavily on those that came before me to kind of like show me what the possibilities were. And that's why representation is so important. So um, in terms of like jobs and, and work in general, again, I've had so many examples and have made so many connections uh, where like I haven't had to struggle to get a job and also being lucky enough to have studied something that is quite attractive in today's age which is computer science it also like gave me an edge to be able to like find my footing so I don't know if that answers your question I just have been very lucky and also perseverance and hard work also helps as well and creativity I think it did it did Um, I for one when it comes to adversity, I mean, of course, I mean, life is not easy as, as we, you've been saying. People think that, oh, because you're living abroad, it's like, oh, everything is good. Everything is, you know, chilling and all that. It's not like that. And that's how, you know, we, we do face... Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, like some of the the struggles have really been real. Like, like for example in China you don't get to have like a five year visa four year visa um, and just that's it like most some countries like in the UK now they give like a year after you're done with your school to like work and stuff that doesn't exist in China or it's now like becoming a thing when I graduated from school I had one month to leave the country so like I was faced with the dilemma like what do I do next do I go back home am I ready to go through that do I um, you know find a new job do I go to my master's. These are all the things that I was constantly thinking about in my third and fourth year leading up to like my graduation. Lucky enough, 
um, I started to think about it early enough that I was able to look out for opportunities. So I, I got an offer from Huawei and Ghana. So if I, if I did decide to go back to Ghana, I had a job that I could go do. Um, I, I looked into and applied to certain master's programs, applied for scholarships, worked hard to like write my essays and do all that kind of stuff. So I did get into Holt University, Holt, uh, Holt uh, Business School. I got into University of Liverpool as well before I graduated. So by the time I graduated, I had options, I had scholarships that I could like lean into to give myself more time to like figure shit out or figure things out. I had some job offers in China as well. Um, so I think being able to make or being able to identify that you need to put in work to get some of these things early enough i was able to kind of work my way towards some of these things i have some classmates that were not as lucky because for whatever reason they were not able to get some of these opportunities and they had to like default to their backup plans or their the backup of their backups so being able to identify early enough that hey i actually want to do this i want to be in this space and again, you don't need to have it all sorted out. You just need to have one out of three questions, right? I remember attending a seminar once about career development, and that's something I did a lot. I attended a lot of career seminars. So they mentioned that like, uh, if you want to your perfect job, it, it comprises of three things, industry, role, and location, right? And he made a very important statement that it doesn't need to, you don't need, your first job doesn't have to take all these three boxes, right? So if you're able to identify what the, like your, what your ideal situation is, for example, I want to be a software engineer in the f e commerce industry in Paris, right? I don't necessarily need to have all these three ticked for my first job. I just need to maybe get to Paris and do something. I need to work in the e commerce space. I need to um, work as a software engineer. And then you slowly build your. Um, you usually like build your way up to that to that target so being equipped with some of these things and these decisions early on really helped me navigate the, the steps i needed to take in my career um so yeah i think i went off script a little bit but oh sorry. no no you're good you're good you're good you get you get some good information as well i'm just saying that like when it comes to adversity how i deal with it is i mean i'm not going to make it too spiritual too religious but of course every hard time every trying time you know you take the opportunity to i mean you know look at your options as you said people don't really have so many options i mean um most of the time they just you know try to hit a b c d people to see if they can help them out if they don't get that help they mostly like rely on god and they pray to god for direction for you know um discernment and all that which is good which is very very important because some people um i've i've heard stories where they were going through a hard time like a hard time and they had they tried a lot of ways a lot and uh, when they prayed god just you know reviews certain people to them and they've been they've, yeah. they've gone through that process as well so i mean again it's a, it's a subjective um question how you deal with it i'd like to know you guys as well how do you guys deal with adversities uh yeah it's for me it's not easy man it's not easy but we we day we day inside we day inside you know it's not easy but we day inside so ciao serenete can you please drop your social media handle whether instagram twitter snapchat wherever you are um i know you're in 
China, of course. And there's this app you guys mostly use. I don't know the name, but you can drop your social media handles, let the followers or the listeners follow you and see your work, and let us know your upcoming work. That's your your upcoming project as well. Yeah, sure. So, um, social media, there's not much going on there yet. Um, I'm I'm quite active on, on Instagram. Um, so C Y R I L S E L A S I. That's Cyril Selassie. And on Twitter, it's also Cyril Selassie, but with an underscore at the end. So C Y R I L S E L A S I underscore. Um, upcoming projects. I am starting a podcast, as you know. Um, I'm excited. We've been speaking about it for months, and finally, we got everything we needed to get it set up. Um, so that's going to be coming. The first episode of that's going to come out next week. Uh, well, this is coming out on Thursday, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Thursday. Like your episode is coming out on Thursday. Yeah. So our 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 episode is going to come out the Sunday after. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, I have a startup. Uh, we are building different technology solutions and trying to impact the way people do work in the legal space and education. Um, it's called Key Specs. I will drop a link as well so you can check it out as well. So good. that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's good. That's good. Wait, what's the, what's the app that you guys use in China? Um, WeChat. Yeah, WeChat. You don't use it anymore? We do, we do, but it's more like a WhatsApp than than anything else. Oh. So it's not like a social. I don't use that as like a social media thing. So I thought it was a social media. It would be media. like giving out my phone number. I th- oh, okay. Then please don't give it out, please. I thought it was a, I thought it was a social media yeah. handle. So I was like WeChat, whatever. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, it is, but it's more, it's more personal, like line. It's it's oh. more like personal than anything else. Yeah. Okay. Any any advice you want to give to the listeners whether you're listening from ghana uk wherever you are in the world any advice you know you can also speak in your, in your language as well so you, you know they can also understand you so yeah feel free you have like two minutes to yeah. give any advice i get two minutes to do a monologue okay let me prepare myself uh no <laughs> i think the the biggest advice i'll give is that you don't have to have everything figured out um life is is short but it's also quite long there is a lot of experiences that you gain uh by living each day so don't take life too seriously all the time um just speak to people and share ideas and don't don't hold things inside too much your mental health is equally as important as your physical health so um yeah that's pretty much it just persevere if you have anything there shouldn't be anything that should stop you from 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 taking the first step you don't have to have it all figured out and i think that's something that i personally struggled with so much uh always wanting to have all the answers before i started anything so as i spoke to you i said what the first episode is going to come out on sunday and it hasn't been recorded it hasn't been edited but i just want to get it out there um so we're just gonna do it and i know that it's not going to be everything that i want it to be but it's a first step so um yeah that, that's pretty much it just like don't stop the hustle keep going and be mindful about the decisions that you make and about the steps that you take towards the goals that you want to achieve um anything is possible in this age there's so many things that might seem less like a dampener or like a like a, a drawback but persevere 
and just keep pushing okay uh please don't forget to teach me some chinese so say something in chinese about my podcast about you know just something i just want to hear a bit of <laughs> some chinese because I, I mean listen, I, I want my podcast to be very diverse you know so a bit chinese i'll be having a brazilian on my podcast soon so you know i'll hear some portuguese here and there so i want to hear some chinese you know vibe a little bit just to end the podcast if you don't mind you know the, you know the thing about chinese it's very situational so there's like a limited vocabulary that you'll have so if you told me to like say something like like and subscribe i wouldn't know what to say but what i can say is just kojo on the pod the podcast you meant tingy shower and home uh should i translate it or? Yeah, yes please i'm trying to figure out what you just said in the, what did you just say i said this is kojo on the pods podcast uh give it a listen uh, send it to your friends send it to your colleagues and uh, so they can also listen that's as far as i can go <laughs> Thank you so much, Charles Renate. I really, I've been waiting for of this epi- the episode to come out. Thank you so much for the time that you spent with me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I see you on your next podcast. I hope you invite me. Yeah, I'll have you on soon. I'll have you. you on soon, of course. Yeah, as of course, always. I have to. As always. All right, guys. So we are right, done. With, we are done with this episode. So don't forget to follow me on Instagram. I am Kojo. I dot a m dot k o j o. And also subscribe to my Apple and Spotify podcast, Kojo on the Pad. And as you just mentioned, as as Charles just mentioned, he mentioned his Instagram handle and his Twitter handle. So please follow Isiro Selassie at Instagram and Isiro Selassie underscore on Twitter. And guys, look out for his podcast. It's going to be on Apple and Spotify, right? Or just Apple? Yep. Okay. Both Apple and Spotify, yeah. Okay, so look out for his app, um, podcast. Anytime I record, I will definitely link his podcast so you guys can listen to it. All right, y'all. See Sweet. you guys on the next one. Take care and be blessed. Peace out.